Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On tonight's last word on Spurs, for you guys it may be a bit of a Samaritan show. We are going to have to unravel that absolute shambles against Leicester City on Tuesday night. We'll be taking a host of questions for the panel and looking ahead to Watford to come at the weekend. So let's introduce the team, giving out the therapy for the next hour. I'm pleased to say making his long-awaited return, we've got Ian Gunn joining us. Ian, how are you? I'm very well and it's an absolute pleasure and a privilege to be back on the show, Rick. And I'm sorry, Ian, it couldn't be under better circumstances, but I'm sure you're going to give us some good insight in the next hour. We've also got John Manning's back on the show. John, how are you? Yeah, all good, mate. Looking forward to a bit of therapy. It's yeah. uh, what the, just what the doctor ordered. Well, yeah, hopefully John is going to extract some demons. And last but not least, we've got Jason McGovern back with us. Jace, how are you? Very well, mate, and I've got my box of tablets ready to, to give out on prescriptions to people. I thought you were going to say to overdose then, Jace. No, definitely no overdose. <laughs> no, I'm prescribing prescribing tablets to try and make everyone feel a bit better. Oh, thanks, Jace. We'll look forward to that. Mr. Mr. Jason McGovern, the doctor, right? This is going to be an interesting one. So, Dr. Jace. Dr. Jace. <laughs> let's start then. We're going to have to start with it. I don't know how we're going to get ourselves through this next hour, but we'll try. Ian, you was at... That game on Tuesday night, what did you make of an absolute shambolic, appalling performance at times, but one with so many chances for us? What did you make of it, Ian? Um, what did I make of it? Um, what frustrated me or what, what, what saddened me was the, the body language of the players. You know, I, 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 just, I just was watching it and I'm thinking... There were too many players who didn't seem up for the game. Um, you know, I, I could probably reel off quite a, quite a few of the front, you know, the top eleven that were on the pitch that that just didn't turn up of, on the first half. Second half, we were a little bit better, um, but I think it was telling that it it it, it waited until Lamella's, you know, introduction back into the team. For us to look like a team where we were uh, able to, to to really put Leicester's defence under a bit of pressure, you know, and 
you know, Kane, Kane has a great goal that, that brings us sort of back into the game. But outside of that, it was a very, very uh, bad day at the office for the, for, the, for the Spurs team. Yeah. And even though we're 24 hours on recording this, it's still hard to talk about it, to try and grind out something from the game worthwhile. I mean, Jace, coming over to you, Spurs continuing to look so shaky in defence. But as we said, so many good chances at the other end. The likes of Sissoko, Ali. Eriksen, Lorente. I mean, listen, granted, too many players had off nights too. Lamella's impact, really, Jace, the only silver lining on this game. How did you see it? It's a really strange game, wasn't it? Because we were poor. There's, there's no getting away from that. And I'm certainly not going to say anything other than the fact that we were poor. But despite being that poor, we actually should have won the game. And we could be sitting here if we'd have taken a couple of those chances. And the performance had been identical. But had we taken a couple of those chances, we'd be sitting here absolutely buzzing that we've gone away from home to Leicester and scored four. And that's the frustration because, you know, as I say, I can't excuse the, the poor performance, particularly in that first half. But we should have actually won the game, whether we'd have deserved to or not. But on chances, we probably did deserve to win the game. And, and even the defence, as shaky as we looked at times... Hugo's not done a thing all night other than pick the ball out of the net. He's not made a, a blinding save or anything. And so, you know, Leicester, despite looking much the better side for the first half, actually didn't really hurt us as much as 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 you think they did. And it's, it's just a really odd one to try and work. I think it just highlights for us at the moment that there's, there's things that aren't right, but it's no one specific thing. It's a, a whole combination of little things and we need, we obviously need to fix it damn quickly. But until we do that, we're going to continue to be like this. Hmm. So it is a very, very strange time I mean, to be a Spurs fan. You know, you feel Pochettino, he's brought the club on so far. And it, it's up to him now to find the solutions for this tricky situation. I mean, John, bringing you in, I know you're a massive advocate of Poch and what he's done to this football club like we all are. But is there big problems, John, for us? I mean, we've now lost as many games as we have in the whole of last season. This is the first time under Pochettino that we've suffered three consecutive away defeats. How are you feeling about it, John? And your thoughts also on the game of Tuesday night? I think obviously it was uh, it wasn't the result that we was after, but I think the the trouble is at the moment Pochettino sort of you know he's boxing with one hand behind his back at the minute in terms of we've got no defensive midfielder available. Toby, you know, Alderweireld is the best defender in the league, probably most people would say, and he's missing. And I think that if it's difficult to not take the last two performances and let them override your feelings. And I, I know that what you're saying about, you know, we've lost four games already in the league like we and that's all we managed in thirty eight last season. But look at our, you know, our last six games in all competitions. We've won three, drawn one, lost two. Now that all right, it's it's not as good as it could be, but it's not it's not, you know, it ain't it's not sort of end of the world form. It's not, you know, I, I struggle. I struggle to to probably get as low as some people do when it comes to football, because I sort of guard myself from it. Because I, I understand that I cannot change what happens on a football pitch. Therefore, I, it doesn't keep me awake at night. But at the same time, I want my team to win. Obviously, last night we didn't. You know, Saturday against West Brom was poor. You know, for, for, you know, it was the last two games haven't been great, and I think the problem we've got at the moment is just that because of the injuries to key components of our squad, we're not being able to rotate where we'd like. 
And at the moment, rotating the fullbacks doesn't seem to be working, you know, as well as it has done in the past. And I think, you know, unless, like, like I say, if, if we had a full squad available at the moment, I would be especially worried. But the fact that, you know, Pochettino is committed to this three at the back means that Dyer, Sanchez and Vertonghen don't get much of a rest, if any. I mean, I know Jan came off with half an hour to go on Saturday. And it's, and it's kind of the same in midfield. You know, Wink, Harry Winks has gone from bit part player in the last two months to, like, guaranteed starter. And I don't know what what sort of illness it was he had, but obviously we missed we did miss the calming influence of Harry Winks. And I think what happens really last night it happened, and it happened against Arsenal as well. When you're playing Dembele and Sissoko in midfield, I think Musa starts off on a run. Dembele, that is, start it will start taking the ball forward and sort of remember that it's not Wanyama behind him, it's Sissoko, and he sort of inhibits himself. What happens in turn then is that. Ali and Eriksen have to come deeper to retrieve the ball. And if they're not having any luck, like we saw last night at times, and especially after Lorente came on, Kane is not where you want Kane to be. Apart from when he scored, he spent, you know, the last few minutes more or less on the right wing and he's coming so deep to get the ball because he's desperate to make something happen. And I think until we have all of our squad fit and available and ready to go, it's difficult to judge. But what, one thing it does do, obviously, is it pr- does prove that there are still... You know, we are still a little bit thin in certain areas. And uh, as soon as Toby and Wanyama come back, I'm sure that, you know, we'll hopefully, if not before, we'll have an upturn in fortunes, hopefully starting on Saturday at Watford. Yeah, agree. And like I say, guys, we are going to throw your questions in throughout this evening. I promise they're going to come soon. But Ian, what John says there is a perfect segue into my next thing that I wanted to ask you. I mean, the performance for me shows that we ultimately do need some kind of investment in this squad come January. I mean, my biggest argument is you look at the likes, Ian, of Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen. Now, these guys, to me, they know that they can put in below-par performances and won't be dropped due to the lack of options on the bench. I mean, you talk about body language, but these guys, they can get away with it, can't they, to an extreme? Because they know come Watford on Saturday, they're probably going to most likely be in the team again. No, I totally agree. Um, you know, for me, and um, I'm probably going to get slaughtered for saying it, you know, the last few months, Christian Eriksen's only had one decent game, and that was in a Denmark shirt. So, you know, he, he looked off the pace. He might have done the runs, and the stats might prove it. But I can't remember the last time he scored a free kick for us. So why do we even allow him to take any? Um, and I just think that Deli Alley needs to, to focus on what has got him to be the hottest property in European football at the moment. You know, he, he, he's become, he's almost begun to believe his own hype. And, you know, and again, go back to basics. You know, Lamella comes on, what is it, in 76 minutes? And with it, he, what is it, his first or second touch? Third touch, he, he lays, yeah, third touch changes the yeah, game, doesn't he, to a degree? Third, third, mm. Yeah, it changes the game because he plays a simple ball to Harry Kane who then lashes it in. Now, you know, if, if, if Ericsson and Ali are looking at that, they think, we don't need to do all the showboating. You know, because ultimately, there's a lot of showboating that does go on. Now, I don't mind showboating, and I think Jason's nailed it on the head, you know, a year or two ago when we were talking, um, you know, before. Mm. You know, showboat all you like when we're 4-0 up, when we're 5-0 up. Not when we're 2-0 down. And 2-1 down. You know, do the basics. Do what's simple. 
and, and I agree with you, Rick. You know, at the end of the day, it won't surprise me to be walking into Vicarage Road on on sort of Saturday, you know, an hour before the game, and see our starting eleven with Ericsson and Ali on, you know, to start with. And you're right because, you know, if if they're on the pitch, they have to perform. And you know, last night. I, I will say this, I don't think either of them performed. They weren't the only ones, but they need to perform. They need to do the simple things. Find a player, you know, get involved in the game because they didn't do it yesterday. They didn't. Ian, I've got a couple of questions for you. One is from Mr P at Bobbert56 who says, who replaces Ericsson, who clearly needs a rest? That's the first question. The second one is from Darren to Saints at Teflon underscore monkey. And he says, has beating Madrid and Dortmund actually had a negative effect? It's gone to their heads. And are they actually burnt out the players? Can you give your thoughts on those couple of questions, if you don't mind? Well, I, I remember the, the game last year at Leicester. And, and Son Heung-min absolutely terrorised Leicester. So why doesn't he start? Hmm. So, you know, there, 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 there's, there's a sort of a, a thing for me. I think Son Heung-min, even against West Brom, and I'm sure you spoke about this on the pod after the West Brom game. For me, he was the only one that... <laughs> Brightest attacker, wasn't looked, he? Yeah. You know, looked, looked, looked to go more direct, looked to take on players. And that's the thing. You know, you take on a player, you know, you, and, and you get past them, You've taken that player out of the game. And, you know, and, and for me, you know, so Son Heung-min, you know, comes in for Ericsson. Ericsson sits on the bench and maybe starts to think, well, actually, I'm not as, 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 as you know, first choice on the, on, on the team sheet as it was. As for the, as for the, 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 the Dortmund man, uh, Real Madrid effect, I think that, um, we do well against those two teams because they haven't worked us out yet. Mm. You know, let, let, let's be honest, you know, I think that, you know, we are an unknown quantity perhaps to, to, to Dortmund and to Real Madrid. Whereas in the Premier League, maybe other teams have worked us out. You know, yeah. Claude Puel last night, you know, Southampton, he'd have been there last year. Uh, you know, at St Mary's, I think when we beat them four, was it four one, four nil? That's right. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Mm. You know, and I, and I think that that you know he, he probably looks at it and thinks, I think I know how to combat this team. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I think that mm. I think that we, you know, you have to turn around and say that maybe they are burnt out. But at the end of the day, these are young, athletic footballers. You know, you know, they 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 they're twenty three. You know what's our average age now? Twenty three, twenty four, in 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 the in, in the in the first eleven. They're not. It's not as if they're old. It's not as if they're thirty plus. You know these are young players who who who, who obviously, you know, are, are athletic. And you think to themselves, if 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 you got the fitness which has been imbued on you by by a a coach that that lives and breathes it. Then you should be able to brush aside an average Leicester side, surely. I agree. Jace, let's bring it around to you. Poltec RMS also asked the question Is it a mentality thing? I remember us breaking down in the last few games two seasons ago when it seemed Leicester were too far to catch. Is that 
Is that a fair point? Do you think it's a, an issue with us in terms of mentality? Or is it a case where Ian says some clubs are t- starting to work us out domestically? I, I think it's an easy conclusion to make that it's a mentality thing. And, and maybe, to a degree, it, it, there's some truth in it. But I think you've got that. You've got players injured. You've got players out of form. You've got a lack of confidence probably now starting to come into it. Players rotating when they don't need to. Uh, teams that we can't get a solid side out at the moment. I think it's it's little bits of, of all those problems. And I, I think, you know, a little bit like Ian suggested, there are times when you have to go back to basics. And I think the balance of our side at the moment is wrong. I look at the, the strength of Toby in, in that back three is coming out with the ball. Toby's not there to do that at the moment. We don't have the, the real defensive midfielder in front of the back four at the moment. We don't have Walker and Rose as as the domineering wing-backs that they had last year at the moment. So I'm not necessarily sure the wing-back system suits us best at the moment. We can't get Sonny into the team at the moment that can give us that width and, and, and balance and pace out wide. And I think you put all those things together and I'd just like to see us you know, trying to, trying to find a way to play to the strengths of the team we've currently got rather than playing to a system of a team that we think we've got but we don't actually have at the moment. How surprised were you, Jace, when the team was announced? Just to remind listeners out there, uh, 400 days later, Lamella returns to the Spurs squad. Rose and Oria were the preferred fullbacks, while Dembele partners Asoka in the midfield with Winks out for injury. Was you not absolutely stunned that Son didn't get a start, bearing in mind that he's got a pretty good record against Leicester, and he was, like we said on the previous podcast, Spurs' brightest attacker against West Brom, although not scoring, you'd say he was the only player looking to make things happen, Jace. I, I was stunned that, that Son was left out. It, I think we all thought after Saturday, because let's be fair, it was a poor game from Ben Davis, and we all highlighted that the, the two fullbacks didn't necessarily give us what we wanted, so it was no surprise to see Oria or Rose come in. But yeah, I was stunned to see Son. You know, the goal in, in Dortmund and his performance there warranted his selection Saturday, and he was our brightest attacking player Saturday. So, and. You know, I've said it, haven't I, for weeks now. We're better for me with him in the team. So it was surprising. But I think, you know, maybe the the Dembele issue, I mean, I'm trying to think that I can't find the sense for it. But I think with Dembele's mobility issue in midfield, let's call it that, he's, he's not anywhere near the Dembele of a couple of years ago. And it doesn't get around the pitch like he used to. And so maybe... With Winks missing because of illness, they wanted that extra person in midfield alongside him because they perhaps they don't trust Ali or Ericsson to be able to do all that work themselves. And and, and this is what I mean. It's it, it's lots of little bits trying to be fixed, but none of it really gets us into that rhythm. And it's a combination of so many things that I think we've got that the, the problems that are given us at the moment on why our form isn't where it should be and where our performances, even in a couple of the wins, isn't where it should be. Before I bring in John, Jace, one final question to you. This is from Paul King at Only1PK. He says, enough is enough now. First choice fullbacks need to be identified and played regularly, not rotated every game. Who, in your opinion, does Maurizio go with? Or is there a case, Jace, where you have to rotate? Well, I would like to see us go to a, just a normal back four and so that we can get Dyer back into a proper screening job in midfield. And therefore, if you're playing a flat back four, so you really want two full backs, not two wing backs, 
at the moment, I feel the consistency is more in Davis and Trippier, despite the fact that the other two perhaps have the potential to be the better players. But Rose, I think, clearly last night, you see, is nowhere near back to to full fitness, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. And Oreo, you're just not quite sure what you're going to get from him. And we know the the delivery of Trippier and Davis is better. And if they're playing as fullbacks in a back four, and you're not asking them to bomb up and down the, the line all night long, and you do have Son as your wide, pacey player, then perhaps there's not quite the physical demands on them, and therefore not quite the need for them to be rotated every single game. So I would go for Trippier and Davis at the moment, try and get a few results, and then you know, when the chance comes then to, and, and the confidence does come back into the team and a few others come back, then let's go back down the wing-back role and, and hopefully then Rose has got a little bit fitter and Oria's a little bit more adjusted. Yeah. John, coming over to you. I'm going to give you a chance, John, very quickly before I ask the next question. Do you think Son should have started on that point, John? Uh, I'm not. Too, uh, you know, I'm not too sure, mate. I think it, it depends. You know, Pochettino's the one who sees what condition the players are in truly on the training pitch and you just don't know do you I think if it means dropping Delhi or Ericsson into central midfield next to Dembele and taking Sissoko out to put Son in then I probably would have done that but you know I, I don't know mate I think Son's he's always the full guy and I do feel for him you know as we've discussed many times on this podcast we're all big fans of Son and uh, I, I would like to see him start um, at the weekend because I think you know if you're talking about freshness and that bit of creativity and that you think he's been more rested than the rest of the attacking players recently. So I, I, I definitely hope he uh, he gets a start on Saturday. But as for as for Leicester, it's gone now. I'm you know it, it is what it is. And uh, if there was a mistake made by Pochettino, let's hope he uh, you know he rectifies it at the weekend and we get back to winning ways. That's that's the most important thing. Indeed, John. I'm gonna have to nitpick through this first goal as much as I don't want to talk about it. We all know, John. Jamie Vardy's only strength is getting that ball from over the top. You know, given the early warning signs we had this game before he scored, we still look vulnerable and seem to be ignoring it. I just, it, it fathoms me as to how we allow a goal to be considered in that nature when we know that is really his only strength. And I'm sure Jason agrees with that as well, John. I mean, give us your thoughts on the opener. It just seems so basic. I think the thing is, if you, I, I don't think it was a typical Vardy run, if you like, because, you know, when he made contact with the ball, he was only about 10 yards from goal. What what Vardy liked is the ball over the top and space to run into. So I don't think we, I don't think it, that was too much of a problem. I mean, I didn't like the way he broke the, the offside trap. Obviously, you know, he'd he done it too easily. But that all stemmed from, you know, them putting a bit of pressure on us in our right-back area and Dyer launching a, a sort of an aimless ball forward, which immediately came back. Now, I don't like Steptoe. I mean, Jamie Vardy, but you got you got to give it it's to a him. Wonderful you know, finish. It, it's a wonderful finish. Yeah. It was a decent finish, but but Rick, you do that hundred times, it only goes in two or three times. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that, he he is not a good enough player to have done that on purpose. Can't, I'm telling you now, yeah. there was so much luck involved in that. As much as it looked good, he's a fucking lucky bastard. <laughs> and if he, if if it happened again, he would fluff it. Mm-hmm. And it's just symptomatic of what is going on at the moment for us. It's That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, if that had happened in May, when we beat them six-one, that's going out for a goal kick. It's just one of them things, and I'm telling you, it, as soon as it changes, our luck changes. Which you know, you got you got to create that. You know, you, you can't just go, oh, well, our luck will change. No, no, you've got to work players. for it, haven't you? I mean, that's the thing. You, you know, when you're in this kind of yeah. run, John, you've got to work for it. Yeah, of course you have. I don't think there was too much wrong with what happened. 
if he didn't take that ball down or flick it over Hugo Lloris, then that's the keeper's ball all day long because he ain't good enough, like I say, to bring it down and get a shot away. It was lucky. It looked good. It was lucky. That's all I've got to say on that one. Can I ask you, John, another question from Mark Butcher at Mark B3381. He says, how do we sort out the big issues of our defence and our attack? OK, like you said, that John Vardy's first goal was decent, but why is the defence pushing up so high? We're so open in midfield. Do we need Dyer in midfield, John? You know, you spoke about Eric Dyer. Mark asked the same question. <clears throat> do you need Dyer for you? Well, in my opinion, he'd be in midfield again if Winks is not back and Dembele's not fit to start on Saturday because I do feel that you know, if you look at, you know, looking looking ahead, Watford played a back three against Man United and they conceded four goals. In the midfield, they've got a couple of, you know, big strong ones and they've got Richarlison, who's obviously, you know, looked a, looked a decent player so far this season. So, I would, in my opinion, I would go, you know, I, I would like to give one of the three centre-halves a rest if possible because it looks to me like all three of them need one. And if you think that, you know, at how, how quickly... Davinson Sanchez has been thrown in and, you know, he's played pretty much every minute since he's come into the team. Maybe, you know, those defensive moments of, I don't know, mental lapse, I suppose, don't happen if a player's feeling more fresh. You know, it's not even necessarily the physical aspect. If you if your brain is tired, that's when things like that happen, are more likely to happen, in my opinion, than when your body's tired. So, again, it depends what Pochettino sees on the training pitch, but I think a back four... You know, with you know, just play conventional fullbacks. Get Son into the side. You know that way. As much as as much as you know, you get a lot of people clamouring for Ali to be dropped or Ericsson to be dropped. When they're not on the pitch, we are we have a weaker a weaker side. Now, if they're fit to play for me, they play. And and I know, you know, maybe that does, has bred a little bit of inconsistency with those two. But Deli Ali's a kid, and Christian Eriksen has played. You know, he's never been. He's never injured, is he? He's played like four and a half years straight. I think it is now. Excuse me. I think that's how long he's been at Spurs, and he's pretty much been. You know, his percentage of starts must be really, really high. Now he's only 25 still. He's a young man. You know, you don't know what's going on inside their minds either. And I'm hoping that it's just a, a case of, you know, physical fatigue and nothing more sinister or nothing more. You know, like them. Maybe they're thinking what Danny Rose is thinking about, you know, in which street he's going to buy a house in Manchester <laughs> in the summer. Now, a lot of that, you know, it all it all plays into it. You know what I mean? You know, we've said so many times, football in real life is not FIFA, it's not football manager, it's not as simple as that. We're just, we've had a couple of dodgy performances. We're such a good side. We really are a good side. We've got a good squad there. We've got the best manager we've had in a long, long time. <clears throat> and I refuse to get too down about it. No. 20, 20 years ago today, Christian Gross recorded his first win as Tottenham manager at Goodison Park. Now, I don't know about you, Rob, but I remember that, clearly. Ferdinand and Ginola scored. I've tried to forget it, John. I've tried to forget it, to be honest. But... <laughs> and I know I know it doesn't do it. I know, it. I know, yeah, I know, I know I've, I've had pelters before to keep going. I'll stop comparing it to the 90s and stuff. But that's just how I see it. That's such a, we've got such a good squad at the minute. We'll bounce back from this, no doubt whatsoever. And, you know, in a come... Halfway through January, we were going call. Remember that little blip we had in November? And we'll be back up there. I hope you're right, John. I hope you're right. Ian, coming over back round to you. Bearing in mind the clamour over the weekend to see more pace in the fullback area with Rose and Aurea, given both of their performances in on Tuesday night, did we see enough from them to maybe say now that, you know, Davis and Trippier deserve their starting places on a on a regular basis? From my perspective, no, we didn't see enough from 
Rose and Oreo. And yes, you know, I was I was left at the end of the game thinking, I wonder what would have happened if Trippier and Davis had been on the pitch. And and I think that um, they are slowly edging ahead of Oreo and and Rose as our preferred left and right backs. We have to remember, I mean, Aurea did put in a fabulous cross for Lorenzo. We're going to come on to him in a bit. I promise you we are. But, I mean, in having considered the opening goal, you know, we needed to get the next one, you would feel, to have any hope in turning the game around. You know, we created two two huge chances, two big one-on-ones with Sissoko and Deli Alley. Surely we have to be more ruthless there in front of the goal and take both of those chances, don't we? Yeah, agreed. You know, and... and... You know, at the end of the day, you know the Premier League is a, is an unforgiving league to play in, and if you don't take your chances, um, and but you have, you know, like we had on Saturday, seventy-two was it seventy-two percent? Yeah, seventy-two percent. Yeah, pos- mm. possession, and all those attempts on goal, all of those stats count for nothing. The, the stat that's the most important is goals scored, mm. and 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 we we we're becoming. You know, too reliant on our number ten to get goals. You know, last year, you know, we were we were we were looking and we were we were quite pleased that that Ali and Ericsson were weighing in with some goals and taking some pressure off. We are in a situation now where if our number ten does as a blip himself, we are we are struggling. We are seriously struggling because where are the other goals coming from? That's 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 why it's so strange to see Sonny left out the side because Correct. he scores goals. Mm. Correct. And, you know he can take the weight off of of Kane and particularly with Ali and Eriksson not not chipping in with goals to their normal rate. There's a bloke there that scores goals and we we're, we're not getting him in the team. And when we have got him in the team, he scored goals. I mean it's Correct. it's what Dortmund away, Dortmund home, Palace at home. I don't know how many games Sonny started this year, but he must have scored probably in most of the games he started in. And don't forget the Liverpool at home. No. Great goal. Liverpool at home, yep. Liverpool at home, yep. Another, Another one. one. Very bizarre. I think as well, with, with those two chances for for Sissoko and Ali, we missed chances late in the game to kind of rescue a point. But at 1-0 down and, and not playing well in that first half, there's a big. those are two big chances to completely change the, the, the direction that game's going in and, and get us back in front and, and, and turn the game back into our favour. So that's why those two chances are even bigger misses than the ones, in my mind, that come later in the game. We seem to make Jay's a tactical switch in that first half too, with Dyer seeming to push into midfield, albeit with Rose still playing very, very high up the pitch. I mean, that left us really vulnerable down that left-hand side and something that Mahrez is renowned for in their title-winning season to expose brilliantly. And he scored that type of goal against us, didn't he? And, you know, Jan, who's had a fantastic season Everyone's probably saying, screaming at the TV, even if you're there, they're saying, don't show him inside, don't show him inside. That's exactly what we did, Jace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole thing, once Dyer pushed into midfield, I, I thought we kind of, we looked so lopsided at that point. I can understand pushing Dyer in, but Rose was playing so high up the pitch. And in fairness, it, he was in good positions to receive the ball, but it was as if half the team was playing at that stage with thinking we got a back four and, and part of the side is still thinking we're playing with a wing back. And so when they broke, Rose is, is so far down the pitch, he's, he's what, 20, 25 yards in front of Mares. And suddenly, I think when you look at when Leicester get the ball, 
the initial thing is you see two players running at Vertonghen together, and so Jan's already got a, a two-on-one coming his way. And so, and that's what I mean, we're just, just lopsided at that point. But I, you're quite right, Jan has to do a lot better, has to show him down the outside, because Jan got caught exactly that way at Leicester two years ago when Mahrez scored. You know, a 1-1 draw straight after Deli Alley had scored, and they scored straight from the kickoff. I think, then. But I think you have to give a little bit of credit to Mares. I mean, we've seen a similar type of goal for years and years and years, scored by Arya Robin. And every single person will say, show Robin down the outside. And yet, sometimes a player's got the talent where, despite you wanting to show him down the outside, they just get inside you. And we, he's seen him score goals like that against us before. He did it uh, as Pelicueta last year. The vast majority of his goals are scored that way. And so it's one thing to say you've got to do better and show him down the outside. But sometimes the player deserves the credit and he thinks, nope, I'm going to go inside you. And I think, you know, with with, the, with Dembele not quite having the mobility, when he does then turn inside, Vertonghen's got no real help to, to, to push him down the line. And so the gap is inside Jan and... And Jan's a little bit isolated at that point. There's nobody close enough to Jan to really help him. And and it's a, again, it's like so much of it. It's a combination of things rather than just one specific person that's at fault. Jan Vertonghen, he's predominantly left-footed, yeah? Yeah. Now, when, you know, I'm sure when when we all played football, you know, we, we were always taught how to sort of like, marshal somebody onto our strongest foot so that we could make the, the tackle you know I, I was always told because I was predominantly left footed when I played football leave me your right foot and and you know so so that your, your left foot can come in to, to to tackle the player as he as he attempts to go past you Jan Vertonghen is too square on when Mares comes to him with a ball he's too square on to the player so he, he gets himself in the position to be turned. And that's why I think that a lot of player, a lot of people have probably turned around and had a go at Jan for, that, for, for, for doing that. Because, you know, I think if, I'm, if, if, if you're on the pitch, you try and get the player onto your preferred side. Now, as soon as, as, soon as everybody in the ground as on last night as soon as Mares cut inside on his left foot, everybody in the ground knew where that ball was going. And it was Hugo's top left-hand corner. Now, if we know that, why, doesn't, why can't the players do that? Why can't the players in, get to the stage where they don't allow Mares to cut inside? Is it because Mares is, 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 is a really good player? you know, a, a world-class player? Or is it because it's lazy defending? I'm, I'm just putting that out there. No, I mean, you would think, I mean, you think Pochettino would be drilling that message into them before kick-off. Look, we know what Mahrez wants to do. We know what he's aiming for. You've got to close him down. I know there's been pictures out there about Danny Rose, you know, lagging back. And I think you've got to be very careful with these pictures because Danny's probably, I think, Jay, she also say it, he's on the attack at some point <laughs> there. Um, and he's trying to get back and obviously help the defence out. But... He didn't cover himself in glory on Tuesday night. On that goal, I mean, uh, I put some of the pictures out about Danny Rose and I put them out more in a case of saying this highlights that the pacey player that people think we've, we've got back now, Rose is there, just isn't there at the moment, which is understandable because of the, the fitness issues he's got. And 
And whilst he's caught downfield, at no stage does he make up any ground to get back. And the other thing I would just say with it is Mahrez actually picks the ball up pretty much, I think, off of Ndidi, I think it was, on the halfway line. And as bad as Jan's defending is, there's no nobody else has, has gone over to make a challenge. He hasn't had to, to beat anyone else with a bit of skill. He hasn't had to, to hold off anyone else who's on the back of him trying to trying to pull a shirt or anything like that. He's just been given a complete licence to run at Jan Vertonghen, cut inside, pick his spot, and there's no other player involved other than Jan Vertonghen, and that's not good enough. Somebody has to see that danger. We all know the danger of Mares, and you've got to react to it other than just Jan Vertonghen as well. Yeah, that's a fair point. John, coming over to you, we go into half-time, then turn down, chasing the game with Son still on the bench, and you would think at that point every Spurs fan is thinking the same thing. Got to bring him on, start the second half to hopefully change the game. And we don't, John. I mean, was you a little bit surprised at half-time we didn't make a change? I mean, we was out earlier than Leicester at the start of the second half. You can only imagine Poch had given him an absolute rollicking. But surely, John, we had to have a change there, didn't we? I think it all depends. I mean, if, if you make a you know a change at half-time and, and you bring in on an attacking player and then Leicester score... A third goal, you, you look a bit daft. You know, you've got to get the balance between bringing him on, you know, in time or too late. And I think you know we saw yesterday Lamella come on and made a positive impact within two minutes. And you think, oh, if only those changes were maybe, you know, ten minutes earlier. But it it doesn't get away from the fact that you can talk about tactics and whether Pochettino's lost the plot or whatever. We had eighteen chances on goal yesterday. We had sixty sixty two percent possession. It's just it's such fine margins at the minute. I don't really see more. What you know, it's just profligate finishing at the moment, which is costing us. You know, as as the boys alluded to earlier, you take certain other clubs. If Lukaku doesn't score, Ibra can score. If Ibra doesn't score, Martial can score. If Martial yeah. don't score, Rashford can score. And unfortunately, at the moment, you know, especially in our last three games, if Kane's not doing it, no one's doing it. And that's more of a worry for me than anything else, be it tactically, you know, who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing. The fact is we're creating chances, but only one player is, is having any success in front of goal at the minute. And he's, he's you know, you know, one goal a game from Kane should be enough because you'd like to think that the others would chip in. Yeah, it brings it on nicely, John, to the next point. Sorry to cut you short there. But right, Ericsson, mate. John, six yards out, 15 minutes left. He somehow misses you, but you think, John, if he's in a Denmark shirt, he's put that one away with his eyes closed. <laughs> uh, I think it's one of those chances where if it falls to Harry Kane's feet, who's a natural finisher, I know I know what you're saying, it was an easy chance. For a centre-forward, it was an easy chance for a forward player. Mm-hmm. But he's just... I, I, I think... I don't know what happened there. He had a bit of a brain fart and, you know, it went a bit wonky, didn't it? I think if you look at... Sissoko's chance where Harry slips him through. He's left it too late. By the time he took his shot and Schmeichel saved it, he had two players to his left to square it to. You know, and Deli Ali has that shot. You know, he, he must have the weakest left peg since Long John Silva because that <laughs> shot, you know, mm. one of my children could have hit a more powerful shot than that. Mm. It, it's just, it is fine margins, you know. <laughs> what happened with uh, Fernando Lorente, the cucumber oh, muncher at the end there? So, that was unbelievable. You know, I know he's right-footed and he's going through it with his strong foot, but that's, you know, off your left instep and that's dropping nicely into the net. We had chances. We could have won 
You know, I don't I don't suppose we had many more chances in May when we scored six there than what we did last night. No, I've got to ask you, John, question here. This is from Janet Ilyas. He says, why is it every striker we've bought since Berbatov left is unable to finish? If I get castrated tomorrow, I'll still have a better chance to finish than Lorente. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. first of all, good luck with the IVF to, to, that, to our listener there. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, mate. I can, I can, I, I understand the frustration, and it mm. does seem blindingly obvious that our record, when we, when it comes to buying strikers, isn't great. I think the problem is, <clears throat> you know, as we've seen before, every single striker knows, you know, especially for the last four years, if they come in, then they are playing second fiddle. Now, when you look at it from that point of view, Lorente should be a perfect candidate to do that. <clears throat> you know, he's got all the experience in the world. He's won a World Cup. You know, he's he's, he's been there. He's done that. He's, and it, you, you'd have thought he might be at, at you know a good age to you know to you know he probably isn't worried about starting every week and you'd like to think a bit of his experience would rub off on Kane but you know I think it's they're he's playing at the minute like Kane's forgotten more than Laurent ever knew and that's the problem but yeah I don't know what the issue is mate I think unless we bring in another striker who's you know on a similar level to Kane this mm. is going to keep happening because the one thing that will always happen is. Whoever is wearing our number nine or number 18 or whatever shirt it might be, they will be compared to our number 10. And unless it's one of those from a very, very top bracket in the world, then they're not going to be as good as Kane. That's a fact, I'm afraid. It's such a hard, hard predicament this about the second striker option because these players coming back around you, Ian, they're not missing on purpose. You know, we look at Saldado, Janssen, now Lorente. All three guys, they have scored goals on a regular basis, you know, for their clubs previously beforehand to come into Spurs. What is going on, Ian, instead of trying to have, you know, an option as a backup to Kane? Is it just not working because of the lack of game time these guys are getting and the fact they know that if they don't perform, they're going to be off the pitch anyway when Kane isn't around? Um, okay. Let's, let's, let's go through our last three backup strikers Soldado was successful playing in 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 a in in a formation where they got the ball up quick to him hmm. I likened I, I likened Soldado a bit to a a poor man's Gary Lineker he's a bit more of a poacher hmm. you know you know and you know when you looked at his goals um, in Spain, you know that they were balls that, that that got played in quick to him, and 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 he was in he was able to to put them away. Janssen is another one, you know, I'm, and I'm I'm not going to be disrespectful to our colleagues who, no, who might all. Yeah, I mean, he should still be at the club at some point. He's only on loan or, yeah, at the moment. Ian, yeah, yeah, or, or our listeners in, you know, our listeners in Holland, but you know. The, the 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 you know he with AZ Alkmaar, you know are, are they the world you know are they renowned in European football as being you know the, up, up there with with the Real Madrid no but you know Bobby um, Vincent Janssen I think is still a decent player I have no idea what we've got with Lorente you know if, if you're going to have a player that has scored loads of goals for Swansea. Look at how he got those goals for Swansea and at least give him the opportunity to replicate that. You know, 
both Soldado, well, Soldado, Janssen and Lorente, are we playing the way that they need to get on the end of chances? Because I, I don't, I don't see it, you know. And, and you know, I think I said it last night. We're so predictable, and that predictability doesn't help those strikers that come in to Kane. Kane is a freak, you know. He is, you know, in the nicest possible sense, he is one of those players that that all four of us will think uh, will will we'll bless ourselves <laughs> that we've seen mm. playing for us. You know, I remember my dad. You know, I managed to get my dad to Wembley on for the West Brom game. And, you know, and my dad said, you know, Kane reminds me of Greaves. He's a poacher. But he does everything right, doesn't he? And, you know, he, you know, my dad grew up with Jimmy Greaves. And, and it's like, you know, there, there, are, there are just those players, some of those players, like, you know, like we're seeing now with Kane and we're seeing with, 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 with Ronaldo and Messi. These are these are once in a lifetime players. Now, if you are a striker that comes in behind that, you've either got to learn from Kane, or you've got to work really hard to to to, to at least give the manager a headache. And Soldado, Janssen, and and Lorente aren't getting the service to be able to provide that headache for Pochettino. They're not bad players. They're just not. They're just not yet in a position to be able to provide an, an ultimate sort of different striking option to Harry Kane. Does that make sense? No, I think that's. Yeah, a, I think feel, it's a, um, no, I think it's. Feel, a, I agree, and I think it's a more than fair analysis. I mean, bringing you in, Jace, you would arguably say on the back of the statement there, the one chance Lorente does get in the box last night. I mean, talk us through that, Jace. I don't know what to say personally. What? Sorry, mate. What the Lorenzi one? Yeah, the Lorenzi one. If you don't mind, yeah. I mean, what did Sorry. you make of it? Comes into a box. Great ball by Sergio. Has to be said, an absolutely blinding ball in. That's what we want to see more of from Oria and Lorente. You'd have your life on him, wouldn't you, really? Or would you? In this well, form, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was. Uh, you got to score. You got. I mean, I look at some chances and I think there's some you think oh, it's probably a half chance. There's others you think at least work the goalkeeper. But then there's chances you look at and think you have to score, and that was one of them, wasn't it? Nice. But I think you know maybe that a little bit lack of game time that he's had, he kind of goes with his strongest foot, which is probably the wrong foot to use at that point. And shorter confidence is why you go with your your strongest foot. I think you know he went. If you're playing well and your confidence is there, you just go on instinct and throw the throw the. the the other foot at it and, and then it goes and you're just that much more aware of the ball coming in. You're not thinking about here's my great chance to score me opening goal or anything like that. You just do something naturally and that's when players are at their best. But I think you see last night that he's desperate to score and, and he's because his confidence is short, he just goes with it with the wrong foot and he ends up making an absolute mess of it. The one thing you could say about him was, you know, the camera zooms into his face. He knew it was one hell of a miss oh, himself. Yeah. And, and he looked so guilty at it, didn't he? Yeah, well, he's not... I mean, we all know he's not doing it deliberately. But, I mean, the one silver lining of the night, Jace, was the return of Eric Lamella, who was on the pitch for two and a half minutes with his third touch of the ball... An exquisite pass for Kane, who scores. How big could Lamella be? Because he's made a massive uh, thing yesterday where he came out and said that it has been the toughest 
year of his life. Um, he thanked the Tottenham Hotspur fans for their unwavering support. I mean, I've always been one of his biggest fans, Jase, I have to say. I think he's an incredibly gifted player, if we can keep him fit. Can he, can he be the man to turn our season here in terms of this little mini blip? Well, on a human level first, it was fantastic to see him back because I'm not his biggest fan. I've always said I can see there's a, a genuine talent in there. I just don't think we've ever seen it consistently enough or in enough 90-minute performances. But there's no denying that he's got some talent. But when a player's been out as long as he has, what, 13, 14 months, it's just nice to see him back. That's That was the first thing. To see him come back and have a contribution like that inside two minutes. The weight of pass and, and the, the, the was absolutely sensational. And, you know, his touch can't be there properly yet because of the time he's been out. And so to, to do that within two minutes was, was exceptional. I think we know the type of talent he can bring. I think a little bit, in fairness to a little bit like Danny Rose, it will take two to three months for him to be up to speed. You know, I don't think we'll see him start at Watford. Lots of calls for him to start at Watford just because of that. You can't just base base a whole selection on that two minutes that he gave last, or that, you know, that two-minute pass or something last night. We just need time for Eric Lamella. And, and at the moment, with the team performing nowhere near its best, you know, Eric Lamella will have good games and he'll have bad games on the way back, but we're demanding almost an instant fix at the moment. And I don't think you can look at Eric Lamella as being the instant fix. He just needs to be eased back into the team, kind of pressure-free, let's let him get his fitness back, let him get some form and confidence back, and maybe we'll start judging him at the end of January type of time. Just be patient with him. There'll be good games and there'll be bad games for him, and you just can't go on his back when he, when he has a bad one. No, that's a very, very good point. John, coming over to you, question here from Life of Tyler says, I'm sure there will be a lot of negatives and rightly, you know, some positives out of it. But Lamella, when he came on, he gave us that creative spark that we've craved. Eric Lamella, John, you must have been delighted to see him have such an impact in such a minimal amount of time. Two and a half minutes, I think, that assist was recorded in. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of uh, Lamella, same as you, Rick. Yeah. I think... He's one of those players, he's a bit of an enigma. You know, he's frustrating at times, I can appreciate that. But I would much rather have <clears throat> a fit and raring to go, Eric Lamella, than an injured one, obviously. Yeah. And let's hope that, you know, I don't know how much, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know how near to a start he might be. But I think if, you, if, you're, if we're considering, you know, the fact that Ali and Eriksen seem untouchable at the moment, <clears throat> then surely Lamella and Son will now be pushing them, you know, very hard. And that can only be good for the squad. I think, you know, a return of a player as good as Lamella is, uh, you know, it's, it's a really timely boost. Timely boost. And, you know, I said before, well, we all did when Danny Rose come back in. We was looking forward to having him back. And let's just hope that he comes in and he, uh, you know, he, he does a better job than Rose has in his first few games back. And uh, I'm, I'm, personally, I'm sure he will. You know, he's, he's a good player and I'm pleased to see him back in the lily white shirt. That's for certain. Yeah, It's a great shame. It's a great shame that he's not in that Champions League registered squad because that yeah, Apoel yeah. game would have been the perfect chance to get him a start. And I can understand why he wasn't in the, uh, the squad because they just had no idea when he was going to come back. So that, that's understandable. But Apoel would have just been the perfect chance to get a, a start. And if he faded after 70 minutes, so be it. It's a real shame that he can't play in that game. Yeah, Ian, only right to ask you as well about Lamella. What do you think? Is there the potential here, Ian, for this guy to still have a Spurs career. I think he's one of our players at the moment in terms of contracts. He's got, along with Toby, the, well, the short amount of time left on it. Is there still that, that chance and we can get a decent player out of him? Because, you know, arguably the amount of money we've spent, 
we haven't seen that full value recouped yet, have we? No, we haven't. And and I and I'll join, you know, you and John and and, and Jason with with, with the, the the hope that, that there is a decent player there. You know, I, I I've seen him, you know, up, up and down the country, and I think he's a great player on his day. You know, I just hope that that you know a fully fit Eric Lamella. Um, enables the player to show um, Pochettino and, and the, the fans the, the player that we've been crying out for. Because I think on his day he's a great footballer. You know, he he, he adds. You know, he, he he plays the way I think his manager wants the rest of the team to play. On his day, you know, he, he, he he's got that 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 aggressive, assertive nature. You know, he wants to do well. You know, he wants to influence the game. And I think you could see that last night when he came on. You know, it, it, you know this, this was a man that you think, you know, you think, oh, Christ, I've, 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 I've forgotten, you know, how you know, how much that this, this guy wants to influence the game. So let, let's just hope that, that, that he, you know, eases back into the, into, in, into the, into the squad, you know, Gently, but but quickly, and he's able to to show us what he's missing. You know what we've been missing because I think we have been missing it. You know, I look at those manic six minutes a couple of years ago against Man United at home, and you think to yourself, you know, you know he, he was on the end of one brilliant move, and that's the sort of football that 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 we all want to see. You know, I think that you know, like last night, you know, and 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 over the over this season. We've been ever so pedestrian sometimes with 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 the way that we've played, and then Eric Lamella, you know, you hope that, that that we can increase the intensity that we've been missing. Agree, guys. Before we touch upon Watford, just going to throw some more questions around, guys. As always, Jason very kindly answers all of your questions. You'll be able to hopefully see them some point tomorrow on the Twitter account of ours. They may even be today for you. We'll have to wait and see. Jason, let's come over to you. Um, this is from James at James underscore P. He says, do you think it's time Sterling or Harrison should be given a bench spot? Other youth players like Edwards, Shashua, do they deserve a chance over Lorente? Um, well, it's difficult for me to answer because I've never genuinely, I've never been to a live under 19, 21, 23 game or whatever. Mm. So, you know, I've, I've only seen the clips of the the Champions League games that they've played this year. They look to be a very talented group, but whether they're physically ready and mentally ready rather than just being technically ready is another thing entirely. And and obviously the the fact that those that work with them and the John McDermott's and all that, I mean, I, I think Pochettino, when he feels like he can trust a youngster and push him in there, he'd be the first one to do it. So it would suggest that none of them think they're they're physically or mentally ready. But... I can understand why the questioner says it and I think you will, I'm sure you will see Sterling or someone like that for an FA Cup game, be it, you know, a lower league side or something and then it's, does he take his chance on the day to, to keep himself on the bench for the games thereafter? But, you know, with Lorente not working, I can understand why why some would say, Let, let's try something else. One more, Jace. This is from It's Me Darren at It's Me Darren. He says, "What's the point of playing a high line since we really press the opponents nowadays?" Yep, there is that. 
that thing, isn't it? I, I don't know if we're not pressing because we don't want to press or because of the of Kane trying to manage the hamstring problems. He's just not pressing for fear of, of you know, that hamstring going and then being six to eight weeks out. So, but it, it's, and, and we've also seen Pochettino allude lately that there is a physical problem we've played on that bigger pitch at Wembley and we are picking up a few more injuries because of that. So maybe that's why we've stopped pressing quite as much as we used to do and then in which case then you're right it's, it's not so easy then to play that high line but I think you know the big thing with that high line is get that defensive midfielder in the right position and, and it's not a problem to do it but you know there's no easy solutions no quick fixes at the moment that's for sure mate mm, it's a difficult one isn't it I mean John come over to you this is a bit of a difficult question John but I'm sure you're, uh, you'll work this one out for us Tristan Norfolk says please talk about how bad a tactician Pochettino is. How doesn't he change a formation when it's clearly a load of garbage? About time we got a new manager who will reinstall the Tottenham ethos of the dairies to do. John, thoughts on that one? Well, first of all, I think to say that, you know, it, the best thing that we could do in the interest of the club is, is get rid of this manager. He's clearly ludicrous, um, to put it mildly. But, you know, this is just symptomatic of, you know, the frustration felt by supporters, I feel, this question. You know, I don't suppose it would have been asked the morning after we beat Real Madrid or, <laughs> or one Dortmund. in Dort- or Dortmund. So, you know, let's just put it down to <clears throat> either, you know, Tristan, maybe you've had one drink too many, mate. Or, you know, if you really do feel like that, I think, you know, maybe, you know, obviously we don't know each other personally, but I would say seek medical attention <laughs> and uh, have a word with a quack, mate, because I, I, there's nothing I can say that's going to help make any more sense of your question, I'm afraid. Jay, I think as, can you give your I think as well that? I think as well John not just with the question of not being asked after Madrid the talk of him being a bad a bad tactician wouldn't have been there because our Champions League group our tactics have been absolutely spot on in every single game and you know I look back and I think why would we sack a manager who's our first for 30 years to get 100 wins and if you get 100 wins you can't be a bad tactician He's the first manager to achieve back-to-back Champions League campaigns. In the right, in the first, Mm. exactly, the first manager to get back-to-back Champions League campaigns for the only time in the club's history. So that can't be bad for a bad tactician. The first manager that's actually got us involved in being in title races, not once but twice. So that's not bad for a bad tactician. All this having to manage a side under financial restraints of spending and wages, and this season we're playing 38 away games. Mm. You know, over the the past 90 Premier League games, Manchester City are the only team with more points than us. They've got 181 to our 180. So that ain't bad for a bad tactician, is it? We've won 52 of our last 90 league games. Not bad for a bad tactician. We've lost just 14 of them. So that ain't bad for a bad tactician. And when you think of the mess that he inherited and, and has had to sort out and put some pride back into the club, and we've just won our Champions League group complaining Real, uh, containing Real Madrid. So if, if all of that warrants being sacked, then the club deserves to be relegated in that case. <laughs> can I, can I, Please, Ian, go for it. Can I, yeah, guys, I'm just going to ask Tristan a question, and it would be great for him to come back with, a, with an answer. Who does he think we should approach? Because... Yep. You know, I'm, I'm with I'm with I'm with John and Jason on this one. You know, I, I I've grown up with 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 some real 
interesting characters, shall we say. Mediocre at the helm of our football Mediocre, club. to say the least. And 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 I'm going back and I'm thinking, in my lifetime, Birkinshaw was, was, was a decent manager. He had a decent group of players. I'm struggling to think of any decent manager that has done a better job since him. And I know there that people might turn around to me and say, yeah, but Birkinshaw won things. It's a different, it was a different, it was a different footballing world. In, in, in the early 80s and, and, and you know I, 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 as I said there's no such thing as a silly question all I would say is is that you know if you're going to come up with a question at least come up with a solution yeah I agree I think as well that the, the thing where he says who will reinstall the Tottenham ethos of to dare is to do aren't we the only club that's gone to Real Madrid with two strikers I, I, I can't think of a, a, a bigger example of to dare is to do than doing that you know, I've I've heard the name. I've, I've seen one or two say Potch out. I've seen the name Ancelotti's out there. Let's go and get a, a manager that's proven. The one thing Ancelotti has done, he's won the league with with a number of clubs. But those clubs he's won the league with have been the biggest clubs in those league. They've they've won titles in the the preceding couple of years before he's taken them over. They've spent money galore within their leagues. They've been the dominant force in their leagues. He has not won the league with, say, uh, a Bologna or a Marseille or a, you know, a, a, a Tottenham, for instance. He, he never won the league with Wolfsburg or with, you know, Twenty Enschede, did he? he? He took the best team that was already the best team in each country and won the league. That's not quite the winning mentality that that deserves or that would necessarily work at Tottenham. If he took over Man United quite possibly win the league again. It's a different job at Tottenham and none of those clubs you would have had the financial restraints that you'd have in place at Tottenham. Yeah, I agree. I think we've given the question, honestly, it's been given enough air time. I think you guys as a whole, you've answered that fairly. I think we always, on this show, we try and do a fair balance. We always try, if we can, to you know reflect all of the listeners' questions. So thank you very much, guys, for your questions. As always, Jason, as we said, we'll be answering all of them. Just want to put out there a comfort in stat which I think someone was on put on Twitter yesterday and that is exactly a year ago yesterday we were losing 2-1 away to Chelsea we weren't on a great run, e- uh, run either we only won 1 in 6 then with 2 wins in our last 8 we somehow turned it around against West Ham in the last few minutes but we did look broken then too we won then 6 out of 6 over Christmas so fingers crossed there will be some light at the end of this very very dark time at the moment and let's come on to Watford this weekend. So, let's come around to you, John. Um, they lost 4-2 to Manchester United on the Tuesday night. The only concern about this game for me, John, is that the uncertainty over the manager may be lifted now following Sam Allardyce's appointment at Everton. And you feel Silver now, he'll have his full mind focused on Watford. Just how tough a game is this to go to at the moment, John, at Vicarage Road on Saturday? Yeah, it is a tough one, but I also think that it, they're the kind of side who we would hopefully enjoy a bit of success against because, especially being at home, you know, like they like they did eventually last night against Man U, they will have a go. They won't do what West Brom did to us at Wembley, and uh, you know we're we've got more than enough to 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 beat Watford. Really, I feel, I feel, and I think the fact that you know they'll they'll tr- probably try and come out and play. You know, they have got some good players. I'm not dismissing Watford, 
I'm just saying, you know, we you know we should be beating them, and I I really do think we will. I think it's uh, probably not the the easiest of games, but then you know to to rediscover a little bit of form, maybe a, a trickier away tie at Watford is uh, exactly what we need. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, have to bounce back on this one. Jace, coming over to you, Watford, they're sitting eighth at the moment, 21 points from 14 games. They've won six, drawn three, lost five. Is it a little bit of a concern, Jace, that now the uncertainty over the manager seems to have gone away? This is going to probably be a bit more of a tougher game than it might have been. I think he's hit mute. Just spare me one sec. I'm sure Jason's hit mute there. Sorry, mate. Yep. Sorry, mate. Give me the question again, sorry. Uh, okay, bear me one second. Right, Sorry, so mate. let me come to you. Jace, when I come round to you, so Watford, 21 points from their 14 games, in eighth in the league, one six, drawn three, lost five. I said the same thing to John. I mean, do you feel maybe because of the uncertainty of the manager now probably disappearing with Allardyce taking or Everton, is this going to make the game substantially harder than it might have been? Well, I think that uncertainty about Allardyce had disappeared last night and they, they found themselves 3-0 down and, and uh, <laughs> you know, looking like they could have been 6-0 down to Manchester United. And, uh, and uh, there was no uncertainty about the job when Manchester City went there and scored six earlier in the season. So, you know, I, I don't think that will have a, a big effect. They'll need a result. The, this, the interesting... The interesting thing, of course, a, a win for Watford puts them above us, and then then watch the the meltdown or go on Twitter if we end up the weekend below Watford and Burnley. Mm. But um, you know, John's as John said, we should go there and we should win. But that's more or less John John's look at the game was more or less exactly what I said about the West Brom game and exactly what I said about the Leicester game. Um, I think we will. Go, I think we'll go there and get the win. But it won't be a, a pretty win, and it, you know, it, I just hope that I just hope we do get a break going for us. We don't get a, a dodgy decision go against us or something like that. But it's it's not going to be easy there for sure. And they've actually played some good football, Watford. So, you know, they'll be looking to bounce back. Gomez has actually been in some made some astonishing saves of late, and we all know the curse of the old boy, don't we? So we do, yeah, yeah. But we'll have to defend better because Deeney and Richarlison and that could be a real handful to us. Well, again, so we'll have to defend a lot better. It's a good point, Jace, because I mean, Deeney has got the potential to give Sanchez another torrid afternoon like Rondon did for West Brom. Yeah, I think he'll target Sanchez. If, if As long as Deeney starts, I think he'll, he'll really target Sanchez. He'll take encouragement for what Rondon did and um, he'll take encouragement from, from our Vardy bullied us a little bit at times last night or just made life, you know, in that that horrible way that he does difficult for you. So, yeah, I think that'll be a, a big area for Watford to target and just go to a back four, get our full-backs to help a little bit more and, and hopefully we, we weather the storm and, and then go on and win the game. Agreed. Ian, bringing you in. Marco Silva is a forward-thinking continental manager. He's been likened to Maurizio Pochettino. They've only won two of their last six games, but do you sense there could be a change in Watford now because, you know, the whole situation, like we said about the managerial role at Everton, that has been filled now, that vacancy. Does that give Watford now a bit of, you know, breathing space to kind of get on with the season? And we could be, you know, the ones coming up next with them being able to play with a bit more freedom, dare we say, at the moment? Um, I think there is a certain amount of, of, of you know, that they've now got a bit more of a settled set up. You know, I accept that. You know, I just think that but that we now have to go 
and and step up and provide a performance that that allows us to get the three points. You know, we you know we we, we need to turn this this little mini blip around. You know, and 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 you know it will be. Um, you know, in December, and we start. We need to start going on a run, and I think that I'm, I'm probably a little bit more relieved that it's at Vicarage Road than it would be at Wembley. Yeah, Ian, can we get a prediction from you as tough as that's going to be at the moment. <laughs> um, let, 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 let's go for it. I'm going to say three-one Spurs. Three-one Spurs. Yeah, he he's put his neck on the line. Three-one Spurs, John. You're brave enough? Yeah, we're going to... Listen, we're going to... I've got a good feeling about Saturday. And also because my... I know you lot of uh, Ormecki and my eldest boy. It's, mm. his, it's his 53rd game, but it's his first away game on Saturday. Oh, hope so, bring some luck. Fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope so. He's only seen four defeats in 52 so far, so okay. he's doing all right. That's not too bad. No, yeah. So let's hope, uh, let's hope the lad brings us some luck. And I think... You know, I'll, I'll say 2-1, any kind of win for us at the minute, I would take. I'd take a scrappy 2-1, as long as the three points uh, are, are coming home with the Spurs, then uh, that's all that matters. Fingers crossed. And Jace? Uh, gut feeling is 1-1, mate. Really, 1-1? That's how, that's how yeah. you... Yeah, right, gut feeling. Okay. I'm, just, I'm literally just going on mm. gut feeling. Gut feeling is 1-1. Mate, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm going to go for 2-1 Spurs. I think it's going to be tight, but I think we will edge over the line. I mean, it, it's a massive, massive game, this. Forget the title at the moment. Top four, at the, you know, everybody's chomping at the bit. So we need to win to be involved in that race at the moment. So fingers crossed we can get over the line. Guys, we are going to be back with you on Tuesday. and We'll be recording on Monday night. Fingers crossed we are going to be back to winning ways. We know it's been a difficult couple of weeks. But as always, keep the faith. And come on, you Spurs! That's a good ball into Harry Kane, and that's the opening goal. Watford guilty of falling asleep. Deli Alley to Trippier. Three white shirts in the box. Trippier. Oh, Harry Kane again. Two assists for Kieran Trippier. Two goals for Harry Kane, and very probably no way back for Watford. All the way, Deli Alley onto it. 3 0 to Tottenham. Deli Alley puts the game way out of Watford's reach. And here's Deli Alley, it could be four here. It is less than a minute into the second half. Deli Alley gets his second of the game, and it's Watford nil, Tottenham Hotspur four. Sports Social Podcast Network.